Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. But in the book of Jonah is revealed one of the great issues if you're going to live for God, and that's the issue of being in His will. Uh, This seems to be a forgotten truth. To much of the church world today. I pastor even people who this is not even a consideration. But I declare to you God's presence is found in His will. If you're going to have dominion, if you're going to find God's favor, if you're going to be fruitful, blessing. All of these are intimately linked to His will. God's best will always be found in His will, not yours. The truth is tonight you can be very gifted. You can be talented. You can have legitimate ministry. And yet out of His will, you'll find yourself very frustrated, and if you're not careful, become twisted. I want you to listen very, very careful to me this evening. You cannot, you cannot be out of God's will for any extended period without terrible consequences. The book of Jonah is really about a man of God And his internal struggle with God's will. I want to minister tonight um, uh, part two of a series I've been doing on missing God. Sermon I've entitled, A Man Who Missed God, uh, Jonah 1, verse 1 through 3. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Mattiah, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh. That great city cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa. He found a ship going to Tarshish. He paid the fare, went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of God. Chapter 4. I'll read just a verse or two maybe. Verse 1, it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. Verse 3, therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me. It's better for me to die than to live. The Lord says, is it right for you to be angry? And Jonah ends up saying, it's right for me to be angry. Verse 9, even unto death. 
Father, we come tonight by the blood of Jesus Christ. I pray not one man, not one woman, any couple in this place would miss your will. God, I pray tonight you would stir a passion in our heart for the will of God. Wherever it might take us, God, give us the nations. God, I pray stir disciples tonight to another dimension. Passion, God, commitment to serve in your will. God, I pray fruitfulness and blessing. God, give us this valley. Give us a great outpouring of your spirit. God, all you do in these services, may it be forever to the glory of your name. Amen. First of all tonight, we need to remind ourselves that God's will is a sacred thing. What this means is His will, this is something that's consecrated. It means that we need to dedicate our will to the will of God. This is set apart. This is not to be taken lightly. In other words, when we talk about the will of God concerning your life, this is not something casual that I can either take it or leave it. It's not optional this evening. Again, if you're going to serve God with any effectiveness, you must find yourself in His will. Think about Jesus for a moment. Here's the sinless Son of God, and yet He Himself understood and spoke of this. He thought it not equal to be with the Father, equal with God. Yet in John 6, 38, I've come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. John 5.30, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear I judge, my judgment is righteous or valid or true. Because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Jesus making two powerful statements here that are critical to your destiny. Any ministry that you might have. He said, listen, when I'm doing my will, I can do nothing. When I'm doing my will, it's going to affect my judgment. I'm not going to have the ability to process and discern life correctly. I'm going to be impotent when it comes to God's power when I walk in my own will. But when I surrender to His will, then there's a spiritual dynamic that kicks in. The limits are removed. Revelation, the ability to judge, begins to flow. Those who seek to do His will, God will enable you. God will give you this incredible internal ability to navigate life. Your GPS, your spiritual GPS. You must understand the demonic will orchestrate life, people, 
weapons formed against you, uh, circumstances, uh, the own frailty and weakness of your own flesh, uh, he will mount these strategies to detonate uh, uh, your ministry. There will be these minefields of life. And unless you're in the will of God, you'll find it very difficult to navigate these uh, without exploding and blowing body parts um, and your ministry to pieces. But when you're not about your will, but about His will, there's this incredible ability of discernment and judgment. There's a divine enablement where hell can form weapons, hell can work strategy, hell can orchestrate all kinds of trials, all kinds of opposition, but you, by the grace and this enabling of God, will be able to navigate. Not only navigate... But you'll be effective for God. Independent of God's will, you'll find yourself empty of wisdom and powerless. In other words, Jesus is saying, I have no desire to do what is pleasing to myself. My purpose is to please God and pleasing Him is directly dependent upon me doing his will. Matthew 3.17 Suddenly a voice came from heaven. This is my beloved son. In whom I am well pleased. See the will of God. God's purpose. Begins to compute out. In your life. His intentions. His divine design. He has ordered and prepared a life called His will. And God in His infinite wisdom is shaping you, forming you, preparing you, developing you as a man and a woman of God. And He's developing you to fit you into His divine plan, His will and purpose. To miss that is to miss life. To miss that. You know, we speak how terrible abortion is. And it is terrible. It's terrible in many fronts, but one of the things, a precious potential of a human life. What could have been, what could have been accomplished, uh, was destroyed before it ever had opportunity to even begin to function. But what about spiritual abortion? I wonder how many, your life, if you're not careful, will be wasted because somewhere you aborted God's will for your own. See, we're talking about something that's sacred with God. We're talking about God's favor. You know the story in the Old Testament, Esther. Here's wicked Haman, and here's this plot against the Jews. Uh, Mordecai comes to Esther. She's found favor with the king. Uh, he comes to her and says, listen, you're going to have to speak to the king. This wicked man, he's going to annihilate our race of people. You're in a position of favor. And for her to go speak to the king... Uh, if he didn't accept this or respond properly, would cost her her life. 
So she's in a position of security, so to speak. She has blessing. She has resources at her disposal. Life is good. And is she willing to risk this? And she's struggling. And the Bible records these words as Mordecai speaks to her. And he says some things, but he says this powerful statement. Who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Who knows? You were born for this moment. See, you're here tonight. Who knows? You're brought, you, God birthed you naturally, spiritually. You've been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. To do His will. She goes before the king. Um, she finds favor. Um, uh, the whole tables are turned. Uh, this wicked man is destroyed. Um, and God's people are preserved. Listen, many times the preserving of God's people is very much dependent upon you and I responding for such a time as this. In our text now, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. This is personal. Somewhere, the word of the Lord will come to you. It's inescapable. I'm not talking about every day. I'm not talking about every moment. Um, but I'm saying to you, as you live for God, many of you are on the path of ministry. Many of you are involved in ministry. You have aspirations and dreams that God would use you. In the course of this, God is going to speak to you. Sometimes it's by His Spirit. Sometimes it's by the Word of God. Sometimes it's by your pastor or headship. It could be a sermon. God could be trying to speak to you tonight concerning His will, even in this rally. Jonah's not a novice. In other words, when it came to God, Jonah knows what it's like, like many of you in this place, to be used of God. He's heard the voice of God before. 2 Kings 14, 25. According to the word of the Lord God of Israel, which he had spoken through his servant Jonah, the son of Matiah, the prophet who was from Gath. Think of this. Here, here God records. He said, my servant. Jonah. This word in the Hebrew is one who works for God, a man who is in bonds to God. It has the thought of a, a bond slave. Here's a man, God said, who has toiled, he's labored, he's my servant. I can speak his name. And he responds. God called him a prophet. One who speaks again for God. In other words, here's a man who in the past evidently God spoke and directed and he was willing to serve and God was able to use him powerfully to turn Israel. You can do your own research. No doubt there was a thrill simply to serve in God's purpose. Go anywhere for God. 
heart incredibly open. No reserves, no restrictions. God, just use me. Just to be involved. God, just to minister. Just God, just speak to me. I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. Any capacity of service in the church. But you see, by the time the book of Jonah opens, years has passed. Now God comes again and He says, Arise, go to Nineveh, cry out against it. I hear people pray in the prayer room, conferences around the world. God, speak to me, I hear them. People come to me, Pastor, I'm praying and fasting that God will show me His will for my life. I want to tell you, much of the will of God, huge percentage, is simply about serving people involved in redemption. In other words, if we're not careful, we're looking for some powerful spiritual encounter. And I've had a few of those, but most of the time, God says, listen, I want you to get in a band and stay there. I want you to get in drama. I want you to get in outreach. I want you to get in children's church. I want you to go preach on the streets on Friday evenings. We're looking, God, God, show me India. Have Dan Ruby on us, give me a word. God says, I've got a word for you. Go over in that park right over there. Hundreds of people, most every weekend, packed with souls, lost without God. God says, I've got a word. Get up and go to prayer of the morning. Somewhere along the way, more than once, God, God will speak. Outreach to San Diego, we got our Chicago or Phoenix. And it could be a nation, could be a city. But I want to tell you, God will ask you to serve Him where you are long before He ever speaks about a nation or a city. What do you do? God says, listen. It may be conviction. It may just be a desire. Just, just wanting to be involved. I just want to be faithful to the work of God. I want to be somebody my pastor can count on. I want him to have to run me down and chase me down. I just want to, when, when there's practice and I'm involved in something, I'm going to be there. Be ready. We have this sometimes upset, this grandeur, this, you know, or, or when it comes, we just could care less about God's will in the personal arena of our lives, where we are today. Your wife, what happens when she says, I don't want you to do the will of God? Listen to Jesus, Matthew 26, 39. He went a little further. 
fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but your will be done. Now think of this. Here he is in the closing days of his ministry. There's a portion, the human element says, God, if it's possible, let it pass. But the difference was life and death. The difference was the cross. And something tipped in eternity when he said, Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Do you say that? What do you say when you don't want to do the will of God? How can a man miss God? Jonah's not a new convert. He can't plead ignorance or innocence. I declare to you there's a deception in disobedience that's inescapable. The deception is I can miss God without consequences. I can miss God. I can refuse His will. And nothing will really change. You want ministry? I hear people pastor when they they want out of ministry. Well, I just want to serve God. I just want to be a pillar. I just want to work on this or that. And I'm thinking in my mind, won't you just be honest? Because in their mind, if you're not careful, this is acceptable to God. This is legitimate. This is reasonable. The Bible says Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, found a ship going to Tarshish. Hell will always have a ship waiting for you. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners? Pastor Adam back with you again. Just wanted to give you this report that Uh, You have been doing a great job of sharing the news of this podcast and continuing to download uh, episodes on a daily basis. The show has been growing by leaps and bounds. There's more of you listening now than at any other time in the podcast history. So we just want to say thank you once again for tuning in and listening to these anointed sermons. We just want to ask you one thing real quick. If you could do us a favor and leave us a review, especially those of you on Apple devices, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening, uh, we need some five-star reviews. And also, uh, if you could leave a few notes in there about what you like best about this podcast, it would really, really help us. I'm sure that you know somebody who could use a daily podcast to get them through the day. Please make sure you share it with them. And uh, also, uh, we are trying to get our hands on sermons from all across our fellowship. If you've got some good ones to share with us, we'd encourage you to please contact us using the links in the show notes. We'd love to feature your sermons from your church as well. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the rest of this sermon. There will always be those who want to accommodate or encourage or facilitate your disobedience. And the deception, if you're not careful, because they facilitate that, you interpret this as God's approval. Listen, you can always find someone to support your disobedience.
your wife, your husband, someone in the church, someone even in ministry, carnal people. But you see, to miss God is never neutral. You're not going to miss God and stay where you are. You're going to go somewhere. Just like Jonah. And the problem begins to compute out is living with yourself. Think about Jonah. Think about this. He gets a word from God. I want you to go to Nineveh and cry out against that great city. Now, Now think of this. You don't just jump up and do the opposite. There's no record here of any prayer. There's nothing here like Jesus praying all night, great drops of blood, wrestling in prayer His flesh into not my will, but your will be done. There's no record here like Jacob. God, I'll not release you till you bless me. Things are broken up. God kicks his hip out of joint. He's wrestling with God. Internal resistance. Internal disobedience. Seeds of rebellion. Who knows what all. Sin. These things that hinder God's effectiveness in your life. Jacob wrestles with the Lord. Till things are broken. And he limps across the river into his inheritance and destiny. You can always tell a man who's prayed his flesh into obedience. He'll walk with a spiritual limp. The Bible says Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish. This word rose, he rose up. It means to take immediate It's a dramatic action. It's to set himself. He locked himself on. It's this adamant attitude. Nothing's going to change my mind. Nineveh, you've got to be joking, God. I don't care what my pastor says or God. It's never going to happen. How dare you even suggest it? I'm not listening. Pastor Mitchell, I was so... And, and I preached this in another sermon. I was so uh, torn up in the last conference when I spoke with him. I believe it was Thursday morning. And he said, Joe, I says, how's it going? I could tell he was torn. He said, nothing, nothing's moving. He said, I speak to this couple and they make statements. They says, well, I offer them something. And they say, well, uh, I don't want to live in the desert. I'm not interested. Does that church have health insurance for the pastor? Another couple said, you know what? Our, our, our kids schooling, you know, we, uh, they're really settled. We, we. And he made a statement. He said, Joe, he said, we've become the very thing we despised. What he's talking about is men and women who have come to a place where they can build their case and excuse themselves from the will of God. Here's this man. 
But you see, the difficulty is, is now you've got to live with yourself. This man, the thought is, I'm not listening. You just want to rule. You just want to tell me what to do. He rose up to flee again, this, to make haste. I'm out of here before anyone can talk any sense into me. It's this knee-jerk reaction. And it's almost like he knew what was coming. It's almost like he knew God was going to speak to him. And he set himself. But you see, as I said, the problem is always living with yourself. You cannot make these kind of decisions without something internal beginning to twist up. You get a, get a glimpse of this later in Jonah 4.2. He, so he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, oh Lord, was this not what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore I fled to Tarshish, for I know that you are. And it goes on and talks about God's grace and mercy. But the, the thought is, 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 God, I know what you are. I knew what you, when I was still back there and you spoke to me, I've not forgotten it and I don't approve of it. He still not got over that God reserves the right to speak to him and say, listen, I want you to go serve people. That's why I ran to Tarshish. God, it's your fault. See, human nature will always have to defend the decisions of the will. To live with yourself, you must justify. And normally we justify by finding someone to blame. Here's a man refusing God's will. And this is a sacred thing. This is a violation of relationship. God, I don't trust you. And to walk down this road somewhere, you'll have to lie to yourself. Jonah 2.8, the old King James. They that observe lying vanities. He's talking about how he missed God. In other words, something happened in his mind. He embraced a lie. You'll begin to rewrite your own history with God. The problem with missing God, there's a powerful self-deception that begins to create these foolish fantasies. You think it's all going to work out okay. Nothing's changed. Oh, I know I didn't. I know I'm not doing God's will. I know I'm not involved. I know I'm not. God is spoke. God is leading. God is. I'm stirred. I'm convicted to get involved and ministry and serve and make my life effective. But I don't want to do that because it's going to cost me. But you know what? Everything's going to be okay. Nothing's going to change. And you'll begin to live a life. And the biggest lie is that God is still going to be with me like he was in the past. But look at the deception. To flee from God's will 
is to flee from his presence. Chapter 1, verse 3, But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Again, he went down into it, talking about the ship, to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. You know, right there, you just want to scream, Jonah, listen, listen, listen to me. You know, sometimes I see couples and men, I, I just want to scream, listen, don't you understand this? This is not going to play out the way you think it's going to. You, you, you're not going to make these kind of decisions without sacrificing God's presence. You're not going to just be able to engage your will. Do what you want to do. Go where you want to go. Live any old way like you want to live. You're not going to live for self somewhere when you say no to God. There's going to be an internal shift. And that shift is going to begin to carry you away from His presence. When that happens, you become incredibly vulnerable. Then Cain, Genesis 4.16, went out from the presence of the Lord. And look what happened to this man. Adam and Eve hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Samson shook himself as before and did not know God's spirit or presence had departed from him. Listen, without God's presence, you become a spiritually defenseless. Every weapon formed against you now is deadly. The storms, the shipwrecks, You'll be swallowed up by life. You'll be overwhelmed. Life will chew you up and spit you out. And somewhere you'll find yourself torn, frustrated. I want to close with the long-term consequence of missing God. Look at Jonah's last chapter. Think of this, Jonah's prayed in the belly of the huge fish. Now he's geographically in the place God wanted him to be. He's in Nineveh. Physically, he's in the will of God. God has used him powerfully, possibly one of the greatest revivals ever recorded in history. 120,000, an entire city is converted. Think of this. But you know what's so interesting to me? Here's a man now, physically, geographically, he's in the will of God. And there's this powerful move of God. But how he processes this is obscene. Look, look at his mentality. Look where he's at. Chapter 4, verse 1. He's sitting on a hillside. He's, he's preached through this city. There's incredible repentance. Powerful move of God. Listen to these words. It displeased Jonah exceedingly. Can you wrap your mind around that? This word in the Hebrew means to have a raging disposition. 
It means he has an attitude, God is moved powerfully, and he's rejecting it. It means to spoil or to canker something. In other words, he looks at this powerful move of God. And he can't process it. He's got an attitude, critical, bitter, cynical. There's no joy in what God is doing. There's no fulfillment. He's right in the middle of a powerful move of God. And there's no pleasure in it. You know, that can be you tonight. That can be you. That can be me. See, this is the consequence of missing God. You may sit here tonight and you may think, I'm simply going to say no to God and things will continue as they were. Somewhere down the road. May take years. If you're not very careful, something in your ability to process God and people becomes warped. Blame everybody. Nobody can do anything right. No, This could be your marriage. Fault finding. Backbiting. Emotionally this man's a disaster. He's suicidal. He's in the middle of possibly the greatest move of God ever on planet earth. Verse 3, therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me. It's better for me to die than to live. These are the words of a man who missed God. He became spiritually suicidal. Verse 8, then he wished death for himself. He's locked into self-pity. The whole thing with the gourd. You have more pity on a gourd. Here's a man that something. Listen to me. You can't miss God without internal consequences. That are terrible. I wonder if he thinks God you're against me. You don't understand me. He's sullen. He's sulking. He's angry. Everything upsets him. My point is it all began when he simply said, God, I don't want to do your will. Now years down the road, he's still in church. And you know the problem? The problem is it's so difficult to connect the dots back. I miss God. It's so much. He's arguing with God. God's confronting him. Is it right for you to be angry? It is right even to the grave. To death it's right. I am right, you're wrong, God. Finished. And he, because time and years and your own mind and the deception and, and the thoughts and circumstances in life... And now way down the road, you find yourself in a place 
No clue. I miss God. Problem is, Jonah can't see it. You're here tonight, it can start simply with a, a little no, no God. Disobedient, unwilling. God, I, just, I don't want to. Let me ask you, what's going to be your last chapter? Can you imagine a new convert sitting beside this Jonah on the hillside? Can you, can you imagine a disciple? And, and no, you'd want to be around. I mean, God just powerfully moved and the whole city got saved. Can you imagine a disciple sitting beside this guy and him spewing this stuff? You, a wife and kids? See, this kind of stuff, you don't keep it to yourself. It comes spewing out. His kid, you think his kids, his wife, they're going to be affected? You're here tonight. Do you still have that heart after God? Like you once did. Maybe you're here two statements and I close. Somewhere in the past you miss God. And you, you don't feel God like you used to. Or you're frustrated. You're upset. You've become critical. Got an attitude. Can I tell you something? Listen, listen. You can be physically right in the will of God. And yet in a million miles from God. I feel an incredible urgency. God's saying to you and I, we need to step up to another level of involvement, commitment, and service to God. Listen to me, disciples. Jesus is coming. I mean, we every day like there's an earthquake. If you've ever surrendered to God completely, I challenge you to do it now. I challenge you to do it now. This is in offerings. This is in prayer. This is in witnessing. Reading the word of God. This is in get involved. Get involved in ministry. Rise up to the standards. God, I want to be involved in something. Pastor, you can count on me. I'm going to surrender wholeheartedly to the will of God. Many, many years ago, as a new convert living in a real rural area, living in an old house, me and Connie, kids, new convert. 
One night I grabbed an old sleeping bag and went out in the yard. I said, God, God, God. I remember that night out there, stars, quiet. Now, I don't remember all that I said, but I can remember making some commitments to God. God, I'll, I'll do anything. If you could use me, God, if you could get, I messed up, but God, I'd, I'll do anything. I'll go anywhere. But you see, that was, that was almost 40 years ago. The question is, will I still do it tonight? That's the question. And that's the question for you. See, there's a Nineveh maybe waiting for you. But will you do His will today? Will you be obedient tonight and tomorrow? And so when the time comes and God taps you and speaks to you about a city, you're so accustomed to surrendering to His will. It won't be this struggle and your wife is so accustomed. It's become so natural. It's become your life is not my will. But oh God, yours be done. And who knows what God would do with this people tonight. I ask you to bow your head with me. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vbph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? please visit our website at vbph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.